What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of DTR Comics Podcast. The comics podcast where every week we take a collection of graphic material and we talk all about it. Uh, this is the first time you're going to see us. This is our first video podcast that we're doing where yes. we're experimenting with things and we have another podcast in the works that we want to be a video podcast. So we're going to start doing it here to figure it out. We're, we're experimenting and learning. So Very the Japanese have a phrase for like, please treat me kindly. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I should probably learn it for when we actually do the manga bit. But yeah. I well, yeah. Do you want to T? Do you want to tell everybody about the next podcast we're gonna start up? Basically, we have a bunch of people that are really into manga, and we're like, hey, what if we have a special episode of the podcast where we do something with with all of these people that love manga? And then everybody was like, yes, and we should read nine different books. And we were like, oh, there's more interest here than we thought. Like, we're surprised at how into manga some of you are. We're all a bunch of weeds. Pretend to be normal, but <laughs> <laughs> so we will be doing that in the coming month. Actually, it should come out. Yeah. So in about a month, the first episode of Mongo Manga Man or Manga Men is going to show up, and we hope <laughs> you like it. Say. <laughs> it is, but it's it's a lot of alliteration, and if comic books have taught me anything, it's that alliteration is important. I, I just thought about how it's like M-M-M, Mongo, Manga, Men. And oh, I'm yeah. like, we should just tell people, remember M-N-M, but it's just M-M-M. So every time they see an M-M, they think of us. Because that's Perfect. piggybacking off somebody else's branding. <laughs> that's all the marketing we can afford is to tell people, look at someone else's <laughs> brand and think of us. Perfect. Well, yeah, so we hope you look forward to that. Our manga podcast that we do here have always done really well it seems like there's a lot of interest in that and so you're not going to see it's going to be on the same feed but we're going to allocate special episodes once a month to like a much larger manga topic then just kind of like sprinkling it in like we have so things under the dtr banner are going to be strictly comics and then that mmm banner will show up and that's where you can find your manga content so if that's something you're interested in and or if you know someone who's interested in that let them know. Help us network, because all we can afford is to tell you to think about M and M's. Yeah, we can't afford the M and M's, but think no. about it. M and M just like no. sues the pants off of us after one episode. We're like, you have no money. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Sue us for our podcasting mics? They're like, yes. Oh, <laughs> like it's not worth the lawyer fees. You're losing here. Yeah, they're gonna, they'd have to put in more money than they could ever get out of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, JP, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Alrighty. Um, yeah. Today we're we've been reading a a comic called Visions of the Future. Is that is that right, or is that just the page that I was looking? Uh, yeah, the Visions. Just I think that's vision. Just, just the vision is what it's called. Okay. Sorry, my bad. The vision. I was I was looking at a page that looked like the. <laughs> Looks like the title page. But basically, it's Vision from Marvel. Um, Y'all know him from the movies and whatnot. But it's really cool. I don't know. I like At least that's where I knew him from. Um, and so this is quite the interesting 
view on him. Uh, yeah, it's vision just... with his family. He's got his wife, his his son and daughter. I'm guessing they're twins. I don't really know. Uh, does it go into that? They're they, brother and sister, anyways. But yeah, as twins as people who were not born but manufactured. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like the premise of the whole book is basically like Vision wanted to play house, and so he synthesized a family up for himself. And yeah. Things in two. That's normal. That's fine. Yeah, so I guess, like, what is your guys' familiarity with the character of Vision? This is the first I've ever heard of Vision having a family. This is is the first appearance of the Vision family, so you're not that far behind. Gotcha. Well, yeah, my only familiarity with Vision is what I've seen on the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. um, That he's basically an AI and um, with power from the Mind Stone and whatnot and part of the Avengers. Other than that, like, I didn't really know about him before the movies. All right. And how about you two? For me, I'd seen him in the movies, but I also watched the old Avengers cartoon. Well, old. It, it was probably like seven or eight years. So not in the grand scheme of things old. And he was a little bit different in that. Like, it surprised me. The Marvel movies, they like really humanize him. Like, mm-hmm. really, really humanize him. He's basically like a person except red. And in that TV show and in this, it's not quite the same. Yeah, there's there's definitely more robot present here than and a little bit more like playing at man than being man. Yep. Yeah. And I've always found that conceit really, really interesting. I mean, some of my favorite media is like Westworld or the Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, you know, like about androids that play human. And just this question of like what it means to be human. And I think this is a really fun exploration of that same idea, basically. You know, like just because they go through the motions is the Vision family like everybody else, you know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's an interesting thing because so much like there are so many stories about like, here's somebody who's different than you, but actually they're not that different from you. And so you should by like, by learning to understand them, then you would like realize that it's the same. But I kind of really like stories that do subvert that, like do Android Stream of Electric Sheep. I'm pretty sure Dallas and I have mentioned that so many times. We both love that book. Um, where it's kind of like, here are robots that are trying to be like people, but they're not. You know? And I kind of like that just because it really shows you what makes us human yeah i feel like i mean my favorite media makes me look inward right it makes me ask things about myself and learn things about myself and i feel like one of the clearest magnifying glasses for me is this type of media where like they face the question head on like what is it that makes you human and i feel like the different answers that every author has found for that have been really fascinating for me and it comes down pretty often to like empathy and like this herd instinct that we have, you know? And do you feel like you picked on those themes in Vision as much? Or do you feel like Tom King's trying to say something a little bit different about what it means to be human? Well, it's interesting for me because it's like multi-layered, you know? Mm -hmm. Where the Visions do things that you're kind of like, I don't know that that was a super good thing 
but it was like a logical decision, but it seemed kind of human, you know, mm-hmm. where the wife like, oh, I'm going to murder this guy and hide him in the backyard. And that that's pretty early. That's like, I'm not spoiling a lot there. And then lie to my husband about it. Not mm-hmm. because it's an emotional thing, but because it's a logical thing. And it was kind mm-hmm. of this weird moment where you're like, that's oddly robotic, but oddly human, too. And so it's kind of hard for me just to say, like, one way or the other, because it's like, there are layers. You have the visions doing very human things because they're robots, and the visions being obviously not human because they're robots. And so it was really, it was really well done. Like, it it made me think more about it. Oh, for sure. How about you, JP? What did what are your takeaways? Um, there was that, I don't know, there was something that I really liked in there. Uh, shoot, I want to find it now. It was talking about kind of how, well, like the Vision family, especially the kids, they, they get kind of persecuted a lot at school because they're not human. Um, and that that is kind of, I feel like, a big theme here in this uh, story. And at one point, it kind of goes over... Um, I think it was a poem kind of written about the Jews and how... Uh, yeah, it's from Shakespeare. Yeah. From the Merchant of Venice. It's like, if we, like, like referring to, like, normal people, so whoever writing this, if, like, I cry, the Jews cry, does that not make them the same as me? And it's like, kind of relating all these things that they have in common with the Jews back in... Um, kind of relating back to, like, Hitler and all that, like, I don't know. It's weird because it just makes if you can like relate to somebody, it makes them more human. And so it kind of makes the visions more relatable to everybody else, even though they see them as somebody completely different, um, not human, uh, not even relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question for you guys. Because as we're talking about this, like how these, how they're like, we're kind of using the visions, these robots as a mirror for us. How do you feel like they're the same to people? And how do you feel like they're different? I feel like they're different. Um, I don't know. I like as much, I want to look at them like the Vulcans where they're like this purely um, logical being, you know, I think that's where my brain goes, but it's not really that. I think what's so interesting about the vision, I was just brushing up. I was confirming what I knew about the vision. So basically his origin story was that it's a little bit different in the comics than it is in the movie. They basically Ultron builds the vision. And what he does is he goes and he takes the original human torch, who was an Android way back in Marvel comics. Number one. So not the fantastic four human torch. There was a human torch that cruised around with Captain America in the 40s that was an android. So he takes that body and it, they like w- they paint it red and they change it from having fire powers to having like matter manipulation powers basically. Like it can its density can shift. Like vision can phase, you know. Right. And they paint it red. It wakes up and it's still the human torch and Ultron's like what the f and beats the snot out of it and then he's like all right we got to fix that and so then he gives the he puts the brain of Simon Williams 
who I don't think you met yet in issues one through six, but he comes up later on in the book. They take the brain of Wonder Man and they put it inside of the Ultron body, like his neural patterns, basically. So he's like, he's an android that has a personality infused with the personality of a human being. And I feel like, and you learn, again, this is kind of a spoiler. I'm sorry you haven't read past issue six, but you learn a little bit more about the origin of his family and like where their personalities come from and like whose minds they're built off of. And so you see like this real dichotomy between like robot and the personality, you know? And so like you get these little flare ups from the vision's wife or the vision's children. And like, those are very human moments. And I feel like those very much come from these human personalities that they're infused with. But then there's also the very computer driven, the very Android driven things. And so like, they don't act like AI from Blade Runner from Westworld or anything, you know, they're not fully human. There almost seems to be like this internal war between the two of them. And I find really intriguing. Hmm. What do you think JP? Repeat your original question for me. Sorry. How are they similar to humans and how are they different? Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're all, I don't know. The biggest thing for me is like, it's hard to not notice. Like they are superhuman. They're like, like they can phase, they have super strength. They can like, um, his son, what's his name? Uh, Vin. Vin. Yeah. So yeah, Vin basically gets in a fight at school and, like <laughs> everybody's freaking out because like he could easily kill the kid, um, and like that's not something that you know most of us have to worry about. Um, so uh, it's easy to see that they're different in that way. Like these are super beings, not just regular human beings. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like because they are robotic, like you can definitely see a lot of the emotions that they have. Um, throughout the issues but like they're not natural like it is for us it's more something that they're learning um vision kind of talks about that uh i think with the kids how like they can read a book and learn all these different things all these different facts but to be able to put it into context and to like make decisions based off of it that's more of a human thing that they're kind of learning like what does it mean that uh I don't know. Uh, in today's age, it, day and age, I guess, like, what does it mean that, like, coronavirus is a thing? Like, what does that mean we have to stay back six feet? What, whatever. I don't know. I'm thinking about stuff that's going on now. But, like, just putting information into context and basing decisions because of them. Like, I think data is, doesn't just translate into the correct actions. Right. They're not, they're not quite like computers where they can like just monitor and like display a bunch of information. Um, they can actually, uh, I don't know, use it to make their own decisions, I guess. Yeah. See, it's similar. It's funny. Cause that's similar to my thought that for me, I was like, the visions are just a bunch of big babies. Yeah. Like super powerful, super smart, babies they don't understand really the consequences of their actions long term they don't quite understand like empathy with other people because those are very human things and you see them like start to get pieces of it 
Mm-hmm. But you, but they don't have like the full thing of it. So it's like I really wondered about that. Like, if this wasn't just like, oh, I'm gonna make myself a wife and two children that are the right age for me to to want them. I really wonder if they had like grown up and had those experiences, if it would have been different. Like, oh, for example, totally. when when the wife, I, what's her name? Why am I forgetting her name? Uh, Virginia, I think. When yeah, when Virginia, the thing that happens is the daughter is walking through the house when this villain busts in. Can't remember his name. He's the brother of Mister Brainwave, and just like just stabs her in the chest and like destroys her. And Virginia grabs something, whacks him over the head with the, and he dies. Which is right, like a yeah. very normal thing, you know? She's like defending her family from this guy that wanted to kill them. Right. But then after that, like, with her then going to bury the body and lying to her husband, it just reminded me of like some child, like, not wanting you to find out that they did something, even though it was a good thing because they don't understand it. Totally. Totally. It's really, really, really interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like more... I guess, do we have any more comments on this before I like shift topics? I don't think so. Yeah, go for it. I think... I mean, it's hard not for, for me to not read into... Like, read Tom King into Tom King things, you know? <laughs> like, we're well aware at this point of his experiences in the Middle East and like his struggles coming home. Like Mr. Miracle was a huge metaphor for like PTSD and what it's like to be in war and depression and all of that. And his Batman series has been like how a spouse can pull you out of a dark place and how they can be your anchor. Um, Strange adventures that's coming out right now. seems to be very much about like looking back on your efforts in a foreign land and asking like, was I a hero there? Or like, was I a villain there? You know, like that's, that seems to be a large part of the discourse here in 2020 is like, Hmm, maybe all this colonialism of the last hundred years has been more hurtful than harm, like than good, you know? And like, maybe those wars in the middle East weren't the best. And so that seems to be what he's going over in strange adventures is like his struggle there. And I very much see envision like, this idea of like playing home, you know, like vision is an Android that was created by one of the Avengers greatest villains that became an Avenger. You know, his whole life has been saving the world, going on adventures. And then, so this idea of like moving to DC, which is where Tom King lives and playing house with your family. And like there being this disconnect and a lot of it feeling hollow a lot of it feel like going through the motions you know like you built a robot family to go and live the suburbs dream like that seems like an experience that he would want to write about you know like i imagine it is peculiar coming home from ward quitting the fbi and being like and now i play suburbia you know like that yeah that would be weird and so it was i'm not gonna like that's what rung to me more this time reading through than anything because I read this before. I knew the story, and so going through looking for themes, I was like, "Oh, this is this is more Tom King being Tom King," you know. And I obviously we like Tom King. We've talked about so much Tom King we on this podcast. Hmm. But I just I think that's an interesting question to ask: is like how many of us, how much of our day to day life is us 
playing at day-to-day life, you know? Like, is there really sincerity in the domestic dream? I don't know. That's a question Mm. that this book rose for me. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Because that's something that Vision fights so hard for. Um, I mean, like... Yeah, he he could have his, like, regular Avenger life, like, saving the world all the time. But, like, he went through a lot of effort to, like, create his family. And I remember the scene um, where, so the daughter Viv, she kind of gets taken out, kind of like what T was saying. And they, uh, Tony Stark is helping um, try to get her back to normal. And there's a scene where basically they shut down, like, power for the entire U.S. And, like, I mean, Vision's doing whatever is necessary to get his family. Um, Here's the line. He, He says, Tony Stark, you're my colleague. You're my you're a fellow Avenger, my oldest friend. But if you touch that button, referring to, like, the switch button to the power and stuff, I will kill you. He's just like straight up about it. It's like, this is more important than the Avengers. This is more important than saving the world or even you, like my family, the one that I created that, I don't know, I, I in theory, I don't, like it doesn't seem to serve a purpose, but like it, it's what's uh, important to Vision. And like to humans, like it makes sense. Like we're born from our families. We're raised within our families. Um, I don't know. It seems normal, but like, yeah, it just seems like it's something created for Vision, but like it shows that to him, like his family is just as real, just as important as anybody else's, and like he'll sacrifice the rest of the world for it. I think it's also speaking of Vision and his family, it's so interesting because again, a little bit of comics history here. Like Vision was with Wanda for uh, the Scarlet Witch for years; they got married. And Wanda created them like fake magic babies, basically. She's like, I'm going to alter reality. And we have a family now. And Vision was like, these kids aren't real. And she was like, these kids are real. You are a robot. And he's like, no, as a robot, your reality powers aren't working on me, really. These aren't real kids. And she's like, and like, it was a huge wedge in their marriage. Like, they ended up splitting because of it. And like, they couldn't, Vision couldn't play house well, you know? And so this is a really interesting next step in the vision story of him being like, I'm going to build my not real family that like I can contextualize, you know, I don't know that like that. I don't know that furthers our discussion much, but I found it really interesting as well to be like, huh, interesting step for the vision. I kind of wondered about vision and which, because I, you know, like I said, only exposure I really had to it was the Marvel movies. And, um, yeah, I was wondering what happened with Scarlet Witch and all that. If only you could have read issue seven. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Literally about that whole, all, that's all it's about is Vision well, and, it, and Scarlet. It's, it's interesting how, like, you have a lot of superheroes where it's like, here's a very regular person who gets powers and does something good with it. Mm-hmm. Vision never got to be a regular person. He was always someone with powers, and now he's trying to be a regular person. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of interesting to see that whole story flipped because usually it's people who have all those old things like the like they have their uncle Ben's that make them better and keep them in sync. But now it's like visions going to his family and they're kind of pulling him out of sync. And so it's this really odd story. Like that moment when the police officer is talking to him and vision lies to him after going through about like how he'd saved the world so many times, like how humanity wouldn't exist without him. And it, has this really interesting lie or this really interesting line that says that line I can't remember exactly what it says it says like was worse than all the good that he had done and I was a little bit shocked by that do you guys remember that mm-hmm. yeah 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 do you guys have any thoughts it is interesting he I I don't remember who said this. I wish I did. But someone pointed out that the strength of the Marvel Universe is that it's regular people that are playing a god, right? Like, they rise above who they are and to accomplish these great feats. Like, Spider-Man is a teenage kid that saves the day. Captain America was weak, became strong to save the world, right? And DC, at its core, it's... A bumbling mess at this point but i've i've been reading a lot a lot of old dc lately and it's about these gods that are playing at man and i think sometimes there's a disconnect there like in the movies that they become like very disconnected from humanity you know they're very much like we're doing our own things we are better than all of you but in the comics it's they see like the wholesome and goodness of the world and they embrace that right and so I think this is such an interesting, like, funhouse mirror version of that. Like, Vision, like you're saying, he is born into powers. He never has any normality to him. And so, like, there's almost, like, this sinister twinge to his playing a man. But in reality, like, that's exactly what Superman does, right? Superman chooses to be Clark Kent because, well, he was raised as Clark Kent. But he enjoys being a part of humanity. Like... He wants to be there just as much as them. He is, Clark Kent isn't an alien that lives with humans. He was raised by humans. He's, there's so much of that in him, you know? But, Mm -hmm. like, Vision, I don't know, Vision seems like the Dark Universe version of, like, the Superman story in this, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, I can never really be like you. I'm, and it also has, like, a very negative view of, like, what it means to be human. You know, like, humans lie, humans hide, humans cheat, humans hurt each other, you know? And, like, that is kind of how Vision would see humanity, coming from a clearly fact-based place. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm totally with you. And I I do want to read this quote where it mentions that 37 times he saved the Earth after he lied to the police officer. It says, and all of it cannot redeem him from this, this small moment when he crossed to the other side. Do you guys think that's fair? This small moment, this small lie that he gives that it can't make up for all the good that he did. I feel like that's like a very absolute view that like the vision would have, you know, where like Peter Parker has messed up a lot. But like Peter Parker still understands that like tomorrow he can be better, you know, but like I think vision is very much somebody that, like, the second he has any weakness, like, the computer brain is like, and now 
everything is broken, you know? I don't know. What do you think, JP? No, I agree. I think Vision's, I don't know. Like, yeah, I totally like the Peter Parker view of it. It's like, yeah, mess up, you know, and he does it a lot. But, like, he keeps trying. He always does his best. Vision, like, he's, I feel like he's too used to being perfect, like, being born into the superpowers, being born into the Avengers and stuff. Like, he, I don't know. Yeah, like, he definitely screwed up and, like, (laughs) but, like, as soon as he screws up, that's where things really snowball. And, I don't know, it seems like, that's where he decides to just go all out. Like, if you make one mistake, like, all right, might as well just... (laughs) Might as well lean into this course of action. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really like, and this has come up in other Tom King novels, that it's kind of like the thing that makes people a hero is not the powers. It's the fact that they consistently choose to put other people before themselves. Like, if you go back and listen to our first um, issue about the new Adam Strange book that Tom King is doing. I, I mentioned in there that it's kind of like in part of the stories that everybody's debating, is this guy a hero or not? And for me, the moment where he goes to somebody and says, I'm totally willing to put everything on the line and I, I want you to investigate me and see if what I did was wrong mm-hmm. and like had that humility for me, that's him being a hero. And while it is really cool that Vision was really good at punching bad guys, I do think it's kind of a loss when it's like he put himself and the people close to him above everybody else. And that kind of is a really big problem. It is a little bit irredeemable, you know? I think it's like it's an inherently selfish decision as well. You know, like Vision is trying to, he's not doing that to protect his family. I think he's doing that to protect the domestic lifestyle that he has built, you know, mm. like at least that's my reading of it is that vision is much more saving his world there than saving Virginia or Viverbin, you know? And yeah, you're right. Like a hero needs to be selfless, at least in the context of superheroes. Yeah. And so like, so, I don't think that that one, moment is what kind of like it said in the quote like it kind of um made all the other stuff not even worth it i don't think that one moment was i think it's the fact that he kind of decided to keep going that way because like once he lied like he you know he was sticking to that course of action yeah yeah well that's why this thing feels like a tragedy story you know at least this, I, I haven't read the end of it, but it really feels like one of those things where it's like slowly spiraling out of control, especially because it seemed like it was like going to be such a nice thing. Like Vision gets to have a family like everybody else. But then it's like, ooh, these people are not integrating well and they are hurting people. And well, Viv isn't. But it's it's interesting to see just like this thing fall apart and visions like herohood fall apart Mm -hmm. but not because he's like malicious because he's like trying to do something good it's it's just such a fascinating story that i feel like we don't get very much in superhero comics and you know me i'm not the biggest fan of superhero comics because 
I don't know why, but this one's really interesting because it's it's pulling me along, and I have no idea what to expect. I I was so surprised. Like I thought, like from the beginning, I'm like, yeah, Virginia's crazy, but like Vision, he'll sort things out. But then like Vision turns, mm. I'm like, oh no, oh nope. no. <laughs> I didn't see exactly. that coming. Um, I love that you use the word tragedy for this. Um, so this is some of Tom, Ke- Tom King's earliest work. Mr. Miracle is very much an outgrowth of this. He, I listened to an interview with him where he literally said the DC heads sat him down and they were like, can you make Vision for us? Like what you did for Marvel with Vision, can you do for us? And he was like, yep, I sure can. And he made Mr. Miracle. Um, but I love here vision is so seeped with shakespeare all over the place Mm -hmm. and like this feel people always say like oh this story is shakespearean and they use it to i mean we might lose two of our seven followers here but like people use that to describe the prequels of star wars but like yeah they talk kind of weird and like i mean but i don't know that that's what makes something shakespearean you know or yeah. people, I've had a conversation with T where like people are like, oh, Lion King is like Hamlet with lions, but it's like no, like it's a little simpler than that, you know? It's not, it's not quite as nuanced. It doesn't have that Shakespeare flavor, but like, I yeah. feel comfortable saying the vision is Shakespearean, where like there are these really complex characters that are making really interesting choices that like further the story. There's a lot of complexity. There's a lot of inner workings, and it has a larger thing to say about humanity. And so I think it's really interesting that Tom Kings decides to wear that on his sleeve in this, you know, by actively quoting from Shakespeare, saying, like, we're going to tell a Shakespeare story with a bunch of robots about modern day suburbia, you know? Yeah. And I think that is how it felt to me, like an actual Shakespearean tragedy. And it's true. I, I don't use that phrase very often. People, the Lion King thing, people like he kills the uncle kills his dad. I'm like, okay, that's like the one thing. It, it's much more like the hero's journey story than the Shakespeare thing. And so I guess we have, again, we've talked about a lot of Tom King. How do you feel like Vision is very much Tom King? And how do you feel like it's unique from his other works? See, I, I don't know because I don't, I'm not super familiar with Tom King, I guess. I don't know. Where uh, you aren't aware that this is the Tom King podcast? <laughs> Me and T are very Oops. aware that this is the Tom yeah, King I... podcast. Uh, it's Tom King and Jeff Lemire. That those those are the two we keep on coming back to. Those are our those are our good old sad boys. We've got I went through something hard and I'm always sad, the people. So Tom King wrote Vision here. He mm-hmm. wrote Mr. Miracle, the new one, which is really good. He wrote Superman Up in the Sky, so you are too a Tom King boy, JP. Oh, okay. And I did love Superman Up in the Sky, so... Yeah, it's just Tom King now, makes good Tom comic King. books. <laughs> now he's doing Adam Strange, which he has also, two issues. He also did a massive run of Batman that was a little bit hit or miss for me. It, like, when it was good, it was so good, guys. But then when it wasn't, it wasn't at all, guys. It was really disappointing, but I put that really great sometimes. But, like, he has a certain flavor to him, you know? And, like, he has specific stories that he wants to tell. But I, this is, as far as I know, this is his only Marvel work. I should look that up. Let me look that up. But, I don't know, T, how do you feel like this 
compares to the other Tom King stuff that we've talked about. It's more depressing. Um, which is <laughs> more which depressing is than Mr. Miracle. <laughs> See, Mr. Miracle was like oddly hopeful for me. I know it's like this thing that's about this guy going through PTSD and he's a little bit crazy and reality is all messed up. But it's really hopeful for me because it's about a person who's going through all that and like still shows up every day and like works on having a life when he's miserable and wants to die. And -hmm. that's like oddly hopeful to me. It's kind of like a a 21 Pilots hopeful, you know, where I remember dating this girl and she's like, all their songs are so negative. And I'm like, what about this one? This one's happy. And it's like when you will die. And I'm like, okay, you're right. (laughs) And it's like, but it's, it's this kind of like hopeful look at hard things that I like, which is not depressing to me. Facing depression isn't depression. It isn't depressing to me. That's a good way yeah. of putting it. I like that. So I can confirm what I said. This is the only thing from Marvel that Tom King has ever made. So, ta-da. That's true. Why do you feel like this was more depressing for you to read? It's about the person that you're like... Because it's like we all imprint with the main character of a story. And it's about him making bad decisions and being selfish selfish mm-hmm. and i realize that's important because it makes me because i mean as humans that's kind of like part of our inheritance is that humans do really bad things sometimes and if we're just kind of like oh no nothing bad will ever happen that's how you get like nazi germany or communist russia where so many people died is because we weren't willing to like look in the mirror and be like, we have a lot of darkness in us. And so I realize that's important, but it's also kind of hard to sit through sometimes. Yeah. I don't know, JP, did you find this work depressing? Um, I didn't find it depressing. I thought it was really interesting. Like it's, I don't know. Now, now knowing kind of Tom King, Superman up in this guy, like I'm comparing the two in my head. It's like in a lot of ways, like, you know, Vision, he was super powerful. Like, he could do a lot of things. But, like, the biggest differences between him and Superman aren't, like, the powers that they had or anything like that. It's, like, the decisions that they made. Mm-hmm. Like, Vision, he, like, I don't know. I think it was T that said it. Like, he was selfish. Like, it was all about him and his family. Like, Superman up in the sky. It's, like, he left the world to go save this one little girl. And welcome back to Superman Up in the Sky, the <laughs> podcast. We will now be discussing the seminal work Superman uh, Up in the Sky by Tom King. I'm sorry. I, 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 I can't. Yeah, it, it's my favorite. But like, yeah, that's and that's why I loved it so much. It's because like that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the person to make the right decisions. And Vision is not making the right decisions here. <laughs> You're dropping so, the like, ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like it is sad. I don't find it depressing because, like, you know, that's that's him. Uh, like, he'll do him. Like, it's it's sad to see, but like, I don't know. I guess we see that a lot nowadays. I feel like like a lot of people are, you know, given opportunities to do good, and instead they do things for themselves. And it's up to us to decide how we 
use our power and time and abilities. Yeah, that's true. Did you think it was depressing, Dallas? I I guess like the word I would use is more sinister. I don't know that I imprinted on Vision as much as I have other characters. Like, like Mr. Miracle stuck with me, you know? And like, I think yeah. about Scott Free a lot, but I almost felt more like a fly on the wall in this story where I got to like come in and be like, oh, look at, look at the Vision. Look what he's up to. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no, no. You know, like I was never like, oh, man, we are real selfish as people. I was like, the vision is going crazy. So like it definitely it created less hopeful emotions than a lot of Tom King's other work. You know, I feel like there's in a lot of Tom King's work, there's this little twinge of like, but like people are good. You know, like good guys win. Like it can be really, really dark, but like good prevails. And the vision is kind of like it's about to get real dark, guys. Good luck. Have fun. It's about to get crazy. We're going to make a horror yeah, story right. about the Vision. Yeah, I feel kind of deceived now. Like, when you said Vision, I'm like, oh, yeah, superhero. And then, like, yeah, he's a superhero, but, it's like... like <laughs> family. T picked it. T picked it. I know. I know. I <laughs> Especially because it's like, oh, it's about him having a family. This will be fun. She like, like, sits about... down, he's like, it's about to be so wholesome. <laughs> nope. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> okay but so here's a question for you guys i i just said that thing where it's like i think it's important to kind of like go and think through can we do those bad things do you agree with me there what do you mean wait, wait what what like, do you phrase i i think it's important to read stories where it's kind of like there is a bad guy and you think like what does it take for somebody to do that what happens to lead up to that and actually imprint yourself on that? At least I think that. Am, am I being weird, psychoanalytic like me? I was about to say something else, but it's like, no, that's just me. This is me every day. <laughs> well, I do think like it's important to realize in yourself that like selfishness can lead you down a really dark path, you know? Like, I love what JP just said. The only difference between Superman and the vision really was that like superman chose to be selfless super and i mean superman chose to be selfless vision chose to be selfish and i think that there is a lot of value in asking yourself like what are the little things that make a world a difference in my life you know that like makes me a net negative influence on the world or a net not positive influence on the world and i feel like vision is a really great cautionary tale about selfishness and what that can do to a family to a community and to the world in general yeah. so i agree with you i think that these kind of stories are important yeah i think they're important i don't know i'd much rather read like a book written by like gandhi than by hitler though you know <laughs> i, I guess it's like i think it's really important to like learn about but I like, I don't know, personally, I like seeing it from the b good perspective rather than from the bad. I don't know. I guess this wasn't from the bad perspective. It was. It's more the story of a bad, I don't know, about bad decisions being made. I don't know. I, well, and it's just like, I like it because I feel like that is a cool lesson. Like, 
that moment where Vision had done so much good, but yeah. he was able to kind of like scar all the good he did by being self selfish. And that's like a lesson that we can think about. Like, <clears throat> even if you do a lot of good doesn't mean that you can like justify bad behavior in the future. And so I feel like it's, it's a really solid lesson. And, and I enjoy that as I'm not enjoying what the character does. Well, this, you saying that, I'm glad you said that because it made me think how similar this story is to Breaking Bad, in all honesty. Yeah. Like, Breaking Bad is about a generally good person that, because of pride, becomes, like, the vilest villain, you know? And it really is just, like, he consistently makes selfish, prideful decisions. And that warps who he is. It warps his entire world. And I'm not going to spoil anything because I somehow, for 10 years, dodged spoilers. And so I just was able to finish Breaking Bad scotch-free. And it was amazing, everyone, by the way. In case you didn't know, Breaking Bad is a good movie, good show. But, like, that show, it it very much is like Vision, where you're kind of like, no, no, don't, no, don't do, th- oh, no. Oh, no, they're doing it. Oh, man. Oh, well. Uh, but at the you, same could, time, you could pull up. You can't. could pull up. You could. Oh, you didn't. You're not pulling up. Okay. Ooh, but, man, stuff is, ooh, stuff's getting worse. Stuff's getting worse. Okay. And I I think those stories are valuable because, like, you do have to check yourself. You have to ask yourself, like, am I being selfish and prideful? This yeah. can hurt the world well, around me, you know? That's part of the interesting thing, and Breaking Bad does this really well, is there are some things where you're like, okay, I would never do that. But there are some moments where you're like, if I was in that situation, I might do that same thing. Well, it's as simple as, like, again, here in Vision, like, how easy is it to lie? How easy is it to, like, to save your own face, to lie and to keep things from people? But, like, it's poison, you know? It hurts the people around you. And, yeah, I really like Logic. I hope you two both finish Vision. You're more than welcome to my Marvel account to do so because, hey, crap hits the fan. I'm not going to lie to you. If if you were yeah, like, I was just about to ask if there's a man, good this is. No, no, there's not a good ending. It is not like, and then sunshine. This is a Breaking Bad ending. This is Breaking Vision, and it's kind of like Shakespeare, there where it's like, oh, this goes badly, but it's not a Shakespeare thing where the person comes in at the end and they're like, oh, we worked everything out. Well, I mean, I probably will still finish it, but the last panel of the whole thing, good endings. The last panel of the whole thing is Vision very eerily saying, life is but a dream. So so I'm just going to leave you with that. Oh my gosh, it gets so crazy, guys. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, I don't know that I want to rate it until I've finished it. All right. Well, you should finish it then. I really liked what we read. I read the whole thing, but I think the first six issues are really powerful. I also love that I've got his Tom King's bibliography pulled up right here. And the two trades, the one that you read is called Little Worse Than a Man, and the second trade is called Little Better Than a Beast. And I think those are interesting titles. Just fun fact. Ooh, yeah. But, all right. So I enjoyed this. It's Tom King, everybody. Tom King is the best. And so I would highly recommend reading this book. That's the rating that I will give it. <laughs> highly recommended. Like, get your Shakespearean comic. Cool, cool. So you yeah. didn't probably, know you needed it. Probably give it a good eight mangoes. 
No, nope, wrong podcast. podcast that we're wrong doing. podcast. You can't. <laughs> don't spoil the shtick. I'm going to get this close <laughs> to the mic to say don't spoil the shtick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Do you guys have any last things to say before I sign off? I'm going to the drive-ins right now to go watch Indiana Jones 1 and 3 are a double feature oh, at the drive-in. Really? So I can be far away from everybody and stay healthy, and I can see two great movies on the big screen. There right, you right. go. That's what I'm up to. I might play more Slay the Spire because I'm addicted. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't download that. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you again next week with another phenomenal interview. Well, review, not interview. Yep. Ciao. All right. Bye. See ya. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you.